Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Well, good morning. Come on, Bethany. We, we want to uh, encourage you strongly this morning. And so Bethany is going to encourage us strongly about the 5K. Good morning, y'all. Can, can you guys hear me? Okay. I'm used to having like ears in when I have a microphone on, so then I'm really loud to myself. So, um, so I, I know a lot of you have been to the 5K previously, and um, we're so grateful for that. But I just wanted to share in case um, there's a few of you who haven't been, I just wanted to share what our heart is with that and just what's going on with it. Because I know it's been on the announcements a couple of times, but just to bring some clarity and just to kind of share with you guys what the Lord's doing with that. So the 5K originally started, this is our fourth one. So it started in 2014 as a way to raise money for mission trips. Um, it has since moved to uh, local outreach. And so last year we started raising money um, to build a basketball court here at Eastside. And part of the idea with that was that there is a lot of kids in the surrounding neighborhoods who, um, who need to be reached. And we feel like if there's a basketball court here where we can offer basketball camps, um, we, we have a partner ministry that could come and do those camps, and we can teach them about basketball, but we can share the Lord with them. And so last year, we started to raise money for that. Um, we did not meet our goal, and so this year, we're continuing with that effort. And um, so it's outreach on that standpoint from, from the standpoint of, okay, we want to raise money so that we can bring kids here and we can offer this camp to them, and, and hopefully they come to know the Lord because of it. But also, the, the 5K itself is an outreach. And um, I just want to share a little bit of a testimony that I heard recently. Someone who attends church here um, has a friend who's attended the 5K each year. This friend is not a believer and um, recently told the person that goes to, to church here that if they did decide to go to church, that they would go to church here because they already love all those people which I thought all those weird East Side people, you know. Um, and I just thought, you know, that's not a finished testimony yet, but that's, be that's the beginning of something. That the Lord's doing something in that person, and that person saw something in those people at the 5K. He's, she saw something happening with those people that was different, and she recognized it. She doesn't know what it is yet, but she saw that there was something. And so the 5K itself is an outreach, and I'm just thinking, if we could get 200 of us out there carrying the presence of the Lord, those 50 other people that come from outside who maybe don't know the Lord or who are sick or depressed, they get around those 200 people who are carrying the presence of the Lord. The enemy doesn't stand a chance. And so there's all these people who are going to come to the 5K who might not come into church, but they're there. And so what if somebody's life gets changed because they come to a 5K on a Saturday morning at Reedy Creek Park? And so it's more than just come run a race. It is for us to go be those weird east side people carrying the Holy Spirit out into our community. And we just really want to do that. We really want to see people's lives changed. And that's happening all the time, but there's so much happening in this building, and we want to carry it out to the, you know, five minutes down the road to Reedy Creek, to the Charlotte area. And, you know, we're already doing that out at West Stanley once a month, and that is incredible, and we want to keep supporting that. But we also want to, to minister to the people right here in Charlotte. And so... What I want to ask you is that you would come and you would join us, that you would register for the race. Um, if you can't run, that's okay. You can walk. And if you can't walk, register anyway, and then come cheer us on. Um, it's just an opportunity for us to go be who we are in the community. So if you can run, run. 
And if you think you can't run, but maybe you have this little inkling that you want to, give it a shot. Why not try now? Why not try? If you, can't, if you think maybe walking is a little hard, maybe, maybe give it a shot. Maybe this is, this is the start of something new for you, too. And so today, we're going to have a sign-up at, informa- uh, at the Information Center. It's online, so all sign-up is um, via credit card or debit card. Um, I'll be out there along with a couple other people. Um, we'll have computers, and if you sign up today in the lobby, you'll get $5 off. And then also, if you guys will just look at this card that is um, in your seat. Everybody got one? I just want you to take this card, and I want to encourage you to invite one person. If 200 of us come, and we all invite one person that doesn't know the Lord, or who is sick, or who is depressed, and who needs the Lord to move in their life, what might happen at that 5K? Somebody's life might be changed. And so don't think about this as a run or a walk or, oh, I can't do that because I don't like running. That's beside the point. This is about being who we are in the community. And um, I, ju- I just am expecting that the Lord's going to do something there. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Do you feel strongly encouraged? I sure do. And don't think for one second that I'm going to run anywhere. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm going to walk for sure. And it's Lent, and so I might as well start walking for Lent, and by the time that the four, 5K gets here, I'll be ready, right? Yeah, it's the week before Easter. There you have it. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. We've been talking about carrying the kingdom and becoming kingdom carriers. The title of this message is, What You're Going to Do. What are you going to do? There's a, you know, we, we've talked in recent weeks about Jesus saying about himself that he came here so that he could preach the kingdom of heaven. That was his purpose to come on the earth is to preach the kingdom. We've looked at uh, different aspects of what happens when we come into relationship with God, that the old man is dead, we come alive to God, we begin to move in the kingdom, there's an expectation of moving in the kingdom, there's even a judgment based on how well you moved in the kingdom, based on what God has given you. That's why we said that competition and comparison was idiotic it's because God's not going to compare you with anybody he's going to compare you with what he gave you and how well you produced what he gave you and so we've we've come down that line and what the Lord really wanted me to do I believe this morning and by the way I just want to say this when we come together as a body of believers and it doesn't matter who's speaking whether it's me or somebody else I believe that the Lord, if he can speak through an ass, <laughs> that would be a donkey. <laughs> I see some of you thinking right now. It's not even funny. It's not, that's not funny. <laughs> then whoever's here, <laughs> whoever's here, He ought to be able to speak to, right? And so we're not coming together thinking that we're not going to hear a word from the Lord. Because if you'll listen, He will speak to you through His Word. Because it never returns void. Amen? 
And so let's expect this morning to hear from God. And so I'm going to talk to you just a moment about what happens. Jesus gives us a parable starting in Matthew chapter 13 where he says this is what happens when people hear the word of the kingdom. And that's what I want you to, to, to just really begin to take in is that there are different things that happen when people hear the word of the kingdom. And so the question this morning is, what are we going to do? And so let's read it as we go. On the same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat by the sea, and a lot of people showed up. And so he got into a boat, and he began to preach from the boat. Do you know that that was how they amplified things? They got on the water in a boat. Have you ever noticed that if you're in a lake and somebody is talking on, in a boat across that lake, you can hear them? There's an, a, a natural amplification that happens. And what Jesus oftentimes did, and you can see it with where he preached the, uh, the Beatitudes, is that it's, it's, a, it's a mountainside and the people actually sat on the mountainside and Jesus would get in the boat, push it out a little bit from the shore and amplify his voice so they could hear it all along the mountain. That's what's going on here. And he said to them, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed some seed, it fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them, that is, the seed. Some fell on the stony places where, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. And then his disciple says, why... In the world, are you always talking to us in parables? And he basically says, because I only want those to be able to understand who has ears to hear the kingdom. And then in verse 18, if you'll skip down to 18, he begins to explain the parable. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When someone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word, the word of the kingdom, and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while, for then tribulation or persecution arises because of the word of the kingdom, and immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundred, some sixty, 
and some 30-fold. And so there are different soils that we need to take into account when we think about the word of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, if you see that in Scripture, is synonymous. Matthew used the kingdom of heaven oftentimes because he was speaking to Jews and he didn't want to say God because you weren't supposed to say God. There was a reverency there and so Matthew oftentimes uses the verbiage the kingdom of heaven. But it is the kingdom and the seed in that kingdom is, is, uh, is the word of God that explains the kingdom. It's the word of the kingdom is the seed. The soil is actually the heart. The soil in which that seed goes is your heart. Now this is what I don't want you to assume. Don't assume that your heart is the good soil. Because I'm going to tell you right now, in this room today is all four soils. And in the church everywhere that is meeting today across the world, there are all four four soils sitting in church today. You know, he even goes on in just a moment, if you continue reading in Matthew chapter 13, and he says this. He says, there's seed that is sown and then... By the, by the good shepherd, and then a thief comes in and sh- sows bad seed, and they grow up together, and the ones that are harvesting, the servants of Almighty God who are harvesting it, say, what do you want us to do? You want us to pull up the weeds that have gr- been sown in the seed? And he says, no, don't pull that up because you'll pull the good stuff up too. There's going to be a day where we harvest it, and we'll separate it then. So there's even... There's even talk there in that passage of Scripture about in the church world that there is people that are going to be sitting in churches proclaiming to be believers that have a different kind of soil. God says to you and me that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you can be secure in the soil you have, but you better make sure that Uh, that it is cultivated. Isaiah says, listen, he says, make sure that you plow up that hard ground. That hard ground in your heart, plow that up. Make it soft. Make it where it is receptive to the ways and the will of God, the kingdom of heaven. And so the, the seed is the word about the kingdom. The soil is the heart. And we have to understand that the kingdom of God is only entered into by salvation, right? When we come to a saving knowledge of God, salvation has to be understood. And that's one of the things I want you to get a hold of today. We talked and have been talking about the whole idea of the old man is dead, right? You come alive to God 
Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He says, you must be born again. You must come alive to the Spirit of God. You have to be born of a woman, and then you have to be born in the Spirit. And only those who are believers who follow Jesus in the Spirit and in truth. There is an abiding in Christ Jesus that makes you a believer. Your spirit bears witness to the Spirit of God and is subservient to the kingdom of heaven. You line up with the kingdom, you agree with the kingdom, and you bear fruit of the kingdom. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 that even about preachers that you can tell that they're in kingdom based on their fruit. And I just want to say this, in that passage of Scripture, when he's talking about that, he says that they will say, well, we cast out demons, we healed the sick, and we raised the dead. And he'll say, get away from me, I never knew you. And so it's just not, that is part of the kingdom, but that's not all of the kingdom. In other words, you're going to bear fruit of the Spirit. You're going to bear fruit of the kingdom in everything you do. And so growing a large church... It's not evidence of being in the kingdom. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, in and it of itself, is not evidence of being in the kingdom. You have to have the character and nature of God. You have to be humble enough to be being transformed into the nature and the character of God. And if you are being that, or if you are becoming that, then you can be assured of your salvation, that you have good soil. If you're not, then I'd start digging. I'd start plowing. But let me just talk to you just a moment about salvation. In Luke chapter 19, verse 9, there's a story about Zacchaeus. Do you remember the story? Zacchaeus climbs the tree, says, I want to get a look at the Lord. And the Lord says, come down there from there. We're going to eat at your house. He comes to the Lord. The Lord obviously is going to preach the kingdom. He preaches the kingdom. Zacchaeus comes to the Lord. And then goes and he pays everybody back that he owed. He gives them more than he took. He, he, he has this encounter with Jesus, and it changed everything about how he responded to everybody. And Jesus says that, I tell you the truth, salvation has come to this house. Now, that word for salvation in the Greek means deliverance, pers- uh, uh, preservation, soundness of mind, prosperity, happiness, rescue, and a general well-being. The word is used both in the material and the temporal sense and in a spiritual, eternal sense. Jesus says, this guy here has been changed forever. He's been rescued. He's not the same anymore. Life is different for him. He's motivated from a whole different set of principles. Salvation has come. That is the kingdom of God. That's when the kingdom comes on somebody, things change. In Acts chapter 28, verse 28 through 31, we find Paul carrying the mantle of what Jesus said. He says, therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God, 
has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And when he had said these things, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. And then Paul dwelt two whole years in, in a rented house, and all who came to him, he began to preach the kingdom of God. And he began teaching the things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence and no forbidding him. Now that word there in verse 28, therefore let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. That word means rescue, deliverance, safety, liberation, relief, uh, preservation, and the general word for salvation. In other words, forgiveness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, safety, rescue, liberation, and restoration. Christ's salvation is total in scope for the total man, spirit, soul, and body. That is the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom of heaven. It comes. But then there's more. That's just the initial work. And then Jesus says, as he quotes uh, Isaiah 61, about his mission, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news of the kingdom to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to those who are captive, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then in Matthew chapter 10, he says to the 12, you go preaching, saying that the kingdom of heaven is upon you. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now when you hear this word and you hear these thought processes about the kingdom, there's going to be four different types of soil that that word falls on. The first one is the seed that fell by the wayside. Now listen, sometimes when you read this parable, you think, what a dumb farmer. You know, why is he throwing seed everywhere? He's throwing it on the road. He's throwing it in a bunch of rocks. He's throwing it in good soil. But he's throwing it into briars, too. What's he doing that for? And you have to know the agricultural time and what's going on then to really understand this whole concept because, you know, they're not, it's not like what we have today. I mean, they're in, if you've ever been to Israel, you'll see that it's a little bit different landscape. And so you're not really sure what's good soil and what's bad soil. And so what they used to do is just spread the seed everywhere. And then what they would do is come behind after they spread the seed and then plow the ground. They weren't worried about the weeds because they would turn the weeds under and then the seed would begin to grow on those places oftentimes. 
But if, the, if it wasn't deep enough, then, then you, you had some issues. The wayside is actually means that it's a road that's often traveled. In other words, people walked this road a lot, and so it was trampled down. And, and, and so that particular place where he scattered seed, when he came across it with a plow, it didn't dig that up because it had been well-traveled. It had been packed down. It was the roadside. It was the wayside. Does that make sense to you? Are we tracking there? So, so <clears throat> there's this spreading of the seed, and then he cultivated the earth, and the wayside is the path that's well-traveled. It's walked a lot. It's hard ground, and the seed blows around on that hard ground when the wind blows and just blows about. And it never penetrates the ground, so it never takes root. And the birds come down, and they devour the seed. You've seen that happen in fields. You've seen birds come in when they've planted a field and just, they've just wore that field out. Well, if you've got a roadside that's hard that's not going to be penetrated, that seed just blows around, and it, it, it doesn't produce anything. It's not, it's done, and it produced. And so if you'll, if you'll look at what he says about that, they hear the word of the kingdom, but they don't understand it. The bird equals the wicked one. He says, and the wicked one comes and devours the seed. It's an interesting word for the wicked one. I looked it up in the Greek, and it actually it, it comes from the Greek word uh, ponderous, and it means to be full of labors, annoyances, hardship, something that causes pain or trouble or bad stuff. And this particular one was a, is, is referenced as uh, because of the tents and the, and the uh, uh, it's either a pronoun or a noun. I can't remember which one it is. But anyhow, because of the tense of it in the English, they, they, they gave it the evil one. It's not capitalized, but it could be a person. But it might not be a person. In other words, it's bad stuff. When, 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 when things don't go your way, when, when evil stuff comes that is contrary, that is ethically wrong, that is outside of the kingdom of God, when stuff starts happening to you, that, that snatches your understanding of the word. And so you never understand. You don't, I just don't understand why all this bad, if, if the kingdom of heaven is true, then why is all this bad stuff happening to me? Why do I get all this mess? Why is all this mess happening? And so you never, ever believe to the place where you can experience the kingdom of God in your life. Because the seed is planted on soil that says, I don't believe because of all the mess. And it snatches that away from you. Luke says this. When he talks about it, he says it takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. And so you have people in churches everywhere who are claiming to be Christians, but they never experience the kingdom of heaven because of their circumstances. They just never enter in. They just never walk in. They just never understand. And because of that, they're really not believers at all. 
because they're not moving in kingdom. The second type of seed falls on stony places where they do not have much earth. Again, it's a rocky place. You don't know if you've been to Israel, everything looks rocky. <laughs> so you don't know how, when you dig deep, how rocky it's going to be. And some of that seed falls into the rocky soil, and it says about them that they hear the word of God, immediately receive it with joy. In other words, the kingdom of heaven, and it says they hear it with joy. Now, what does joy look like for you? It looks like what we just did at the beginning of the service. That's joy. They received it with joy and believed it. But because they don't have any root, because they can't go deep, because you can't get it in a solid place, a firm foundation, he or she only endures for a short time. When tribulation or persecution come because of the word of the kingdom. In other words, when somebody or something comes against you because of what you believe about the kingdom. In other words, you believe that the kingdom comes and you're rescued and you're healed. But all of a sudden you find out you've got some kind of sickness. Maybe you have a grandbaby babe, uh, born with one kidney. Or, or, or anything can happen, and you go, or leukemia. And when that stuff happens to maybe something that we love or whatever, that thing, that persecution, that tribulation that comes at us causes us to fall back. It, it, it actually says that it causes us to stumble and fall away. Luke says it like this. Now, now I want to test some of your theology. Luke says it like this. That they who believe for a while. What do they do? They believe. Say it with me. They believe for a while. And in a time of temptation, they fall away. When it gets rough, when they get a bad report, when somebody they love gets a bad report, when temptation comes or tribulation or persecution comes because it's contrary to what the kingdom of God says, then we fall away. Acts chapter 14, verse 22 says, strengthen the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. It's through many tribulations. It's, sometimes you've got to take it by force. There's this war, this waging that you have to pray and intercede and endure. There's a season that's coming that you must endure where tribulation and persecution, that is because of what you believe about the kingdom of heaven. That's what it's talking about, your belief system. And because it attacks your belief system, you fall away. 
because you aren't deep in your faith. The depth of your heart, the depth of the dirt is representative of your faith. When you put seed with the depth of the dirt with faith, then you have a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. But it falls on stony places and when temptation comes, the persecution or tribulation because of the word of the kingdom, we fall away. And then some of that seed falls on thorns. People hear the word of the kingdom and they see that they have to separate themselves. They're not, if they, if they buy into this system, if they, if they really go here, that they're, they're dead, dead, dead. And they're aliens and sojourners, and they don't belong here, but they really, they really would have to belong in the kingdom, and they really want this over here really bad. And it says about them that the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches strangle them out so that they don't endure. Chokes them out. The cares of this life being motivated by making money. Now listen, if you heard me read salvation, you heard me say prosperity. There's a difference between God pouring money on you and your whole heart being after making money. There's a major difference in those two. Ezekiel 33, before I get to that, it's the deceitfulness of riches that choke the word. He or she then becomes unfruitful. They're choked out and become unfruitful. There's no evidence. And let me just say this. A believer is known by its fruit. Ezekiel 33, 31, and 32. So they came to you as people do. They set before you as my people, and they hear your words. God talking to Ezekiel. But they do not do them, for with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. In other words, they're, they're worshiping. They're listening to the messages, but they're not about pursuing the kingdom. They're about... Their own gain. Indeed, you are, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they don't do them. In other words, they're soothing, and they really like them. They just don't do them. Matthew 19, 23, Jesus said this to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 through 10, it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. If you've, ha if you've got a Bible, I would go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, and I would circle, underline, match those who desire to be rich. It's the desire that's the issue. 
Not the richness. You can be rich. It's your desire that makes a difference. It's a snare. They fall into temptation and it's a snare. And into many foolish and harmful lusts which draw men into destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is not the root of evil. It is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith. What did they do? They strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Mark chapter 8 verse 36 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whatever is whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. But the good news is, some of that seed fell on good soil. They hear the word of the kingdom, they understand it, and they produce fruit. They produce fruit. There is an absence of fruit production in the church. There's an absence. In the truth of the matter, you have to have sober judgment of whether you're Bearing the kind of fruit that would please God. You've got to think about yourself. God has given me this amount of talent. He's given me these spiritual gifts. He's given me the ability to make money. He's given me all these things. How well am I producing it? And how well am I doing it for the glory of the Lord? Am I doing it for the glory of the Lord? Or am I doing it to build my own kingdom? There's a fine line there, folks. And your heart is what God is going to judge. And so you've got to make sure that you're humbling yourself before God and that your mission is a kingdom mission. If he says move to the left, we move to the left. If he says move to the right, we move to the right. We are listening for the for the Lord. He says, if you abide in me and I in you, then you're going to produce kingdom. And when you produce kingdom, it will look like the character and nature of God. And so if you're becoming like the character and nature of God and don't have the mindset, well, we're just all sinners, I guess, you know, you, you know, it just, that's just the way it is. We, we all sin. You know what? Let me, I, wanna, I just want to say one thing real quick. You know, I've been talking here about, you know, confession. Once you confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and he bore your sins on the cross, you're saved. He is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness, past, present, and future. And you need to be dead to that man from that moment on. Listen to me. From that moment on, he never says, keep confessing. He never says it. What he says is, repent. Repent, repent. The kingdom of heaven is available for you. It's available. There's rescue. There's prosperity. There's well-being. There's emotional stability. It's available. Stop doing what you're doing and start doing what's available. It's always repent. There's never a stopping of repentance. 
You confess your sin. He's your Lord. He's forgiven you. Now stop sinning. Repent. Think differently. Don't let evil words come from your tongue. Don't, if you can't bridle your tongue, you can't do anything. And the Lord says. So the point of the matter is this. What kind of soil, what kind of fruit are you producing? What is it that you're producing? What is it? Man, this week, this week I had a situation rise, and man, it just wore me out. And finally I just said, that's not the Lord. Stop it. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't have this inherent evil. It wasn't lust. It wasn't greed. It was, it was a way of thinking that was contrary to God's way. And it, it, and it was a voice that was trying to get me to think a certain way. And I just had to say, stop it. In the name of Jesus, I recognize who you are and what you're trying to do. And I say, you have no power over me. There's no authority here. I'm not going to think that way. I don't care if I have the right to or not. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter whether I've got the right. I've got to think kingdom. I've got to allow the kingdom of heaven to rule and reign in my life. What kind of soil is it? What kind of soil is that kingdom of heaven? Are you producing salvation? Is salvation being produced? Are you being rescued are you still being rescued? Are you still repenting? Are you constantly repenting? Not in a way where you're, there's just guilt-imposed life. There's just joy that comes. Because you can almost skip and say, Lord Jesus, I'm amazed. I, I used to try to do all this on my own. We just sang that song. But I don't have to. I can skip around and go, praise the Lord. I'm no longer weighed down or burdened down by that. I'm free. I don't have to be oppressed. Because you said that you came to set the oppressed free. Man, are you producing kingdom? Are you living kingdom? Think about, if you get this on tape, think about what salvation means. If you've got a Spirit-filled life Bible, it's in Luke chapter 19 and Acts chapter 28. You can find the Greek words there, and you can study them out. And is that, is that happening in your life? Is that salvation occurring? Is that kingdom taking effect? And are you moved when tribulation and persecution comes because you don't see the word of the kingdom happening in your life. Are you moved? Are you swayed? If you are, you're on rocky soil. If you're swayed because of your circumstances not lining up with the kingdom, you're on rocky ground. You stand firm. You're established. You endure on the kingdom, no matter what happens in life. 
That's good soil. And that soil will produce 160 and 30-fold. Amen? And what we're going to do, real quickly, Brandon, because I'm one minute and 57 seconds over. What we're going to do is we're going to take communion. And when we take communion, what we're saying is, I believe that everything Jesus did is true. I believe that the kingdom of heaven is available, alive and well in my heart and life. That this soil is good soil. And I'm going to reestablish, reaffirm endurance. I'm going to endure to the end. I'm not falling away. I don't care what tribulation or what persecution comes. I'm not going to fall away. I'm going to endure to the end. Amen? Everything about what Jesus did, I'm going to receive. Every spiritual blessing, everything is mine. What he did on the cross, he said it's finished. Do you, do you realize that he appropriated the Abrahamic covenant? It is blessed and blessed and blessed to you. That's all Jesus did. It's appropriate the covenant that God made with Abraham before the foundation of the world. And we get to live it. What joy that ought to bring. Oh, hallelujah. I just encourage you today. Don't be smacked upside. Don't be broadsided unexpectedly. You're going to get the kingdom of heaven through tribulation. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.